Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar. You with me, Tim, Tim Rudge, my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, long time no see. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. It's been a while since we uh, we did our pre-draft pods. And um, yeah, it's been a, uh, unfortunately a little bit later than we anticipated uh, getting back to everybody. Uh, but uh, yeah, you weren't feeling so well after the draft. And uh, I've been away with work. So this has been the first opportunity yeah. we've had to talk about uh, the, the Bills draft. And, and actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we have because... I think the dust has settled a little bit and obviously the bills have made a, one or two mm-hmm. additions since the draft, which um, put some of the decisions made during the draft a bit into a bit more context. So I think we can, uh, you've got, we've got a better picture now in terms of what they were trying to do and, and what the shape of this, uh, this bill's roster is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about this draft class as a whole in terms of, you know, just looking at it from a high level, what are your thoughts um, before we dig into uh, Don Kincaid in the first round? Yeah, so obviously, I think going to the first round, we kind of thought maybe the Bills would trade back, um, given the fact that there wasn't an awful lot of uh, high-quality talent at the top of the draft. Um, obviously, we'll, yeah. we'll get into the fact that it didn't happen and why it didn't happen. But I think we can probably safely say that Brandon Bean didn't think an awful lot of this draft class you know, as a whole. Um, you know, traded away the fourth-round pick. He uh, you know, traded this year picks for next year picks. Um traded down a few times in the later rounds, uh, probably just to get people who would have otherwise been free agents onto the, uh, into, into the training camp. So, yeah, I think there's, there's often you see some, you know, several players who are going to make a difference and probably make a difference this year. But I think overall, I think we have to say that the beam was kind of sacrificing a bit of, uh, talent this year for, for what was probably gonna be better talent next year. That was my sort of overarching uh, takeaway. Do, do you see it the same way? Same way? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, there's a couple of trade backs as you alluded to that happened. Um, you know, I think ultimately what we saw, obviously, with the first couple of picks was that they prioritised the offence, prioritised, you know, giving some help to Josh Allen, mm. uh, which isn't a surprise to anyone. We kind of thought that might happen. And especially with how the board fell, which we'll get into a bit more. But, you know, that seemed to be the goal. And I felt like they achieved that, you know. They, they weren't, um, you know, overly concerned about giving up a fourth round pick to get a uh, a weapon, a difference maker that, you know, will make a uh, instant impact, I think, to Josh Allen and this offense. So, um, you know, I feel like, you know, ultimately what you said is correct. Like they looked at this and, you know, they targeted, you know, a couple of players at least on the offense, uh, two or three, you know, really good players uh, on the offense to kind of upgrade this uh, passing game and uh, this running game as well, and just you know solidified that, and uh, you know get, get get a bit more capital again for next year. You know, I know it's only a couple of sixth round picks that we acquired for last year, but when you you know add that onto the, the third round pick that we're going to have, you know, those two seconds, like uh, sorry, those two sixth round picks that we picked up, you see those types of picks get traded. Um, you know, prior to every single trade deadline for, you know, useful veterans, you know, they, they might not be big money players, you know, look at Naheem Hines as a prime example, you know, he was a fifth round, um, you know, we used a fifth round pick to uh, get him. We could get a similar guy that will have hopefully a better impact from what we saw from Naheem Hines. He's really good in the, uh, you know, return game, but uh in terms of you know giving us that pass catching ability from the uh, backfield, we didn't see a load to too much from him. Like I hope to see a little bit more this season, but you know it just gives us that ammunition for for you know this coming season still. And with Tremaine Edmonds, us getting a third round pick for him next season, it, you know you look at what we've kind of got. We've probably got about 
you know, 10 picks next year, which, uh, you know, I don't think we'll end up with 10 picks in next year. Just you know, more ammunition, gives it? us the options to yeah. trade up, you know, it just gives us more options. It gives us more assets to use um, next season or we just wait and use it for the following off season. No. So I was quite um, happy with overall with the draft class. So if we just get into it um, with Dalton Kincaid then. So what were your thoughts when we were approaching our pick? Uh, obviously, we traded up two spots. We went from 27 to 25 uh, to select Dalton Kincaid. But when we got into the early 20s, kind of what were your thoughts, especially that four wide receiver run? I know that you were more, you were higher on potentially going wide receiver in round one than I was. Like, just where the board was at that time and kind of what it was looking like for our pick. Where where, where were you at? Yeah, it was, as it was sort of, you know, coming through the teens, you know, my feeling was still that probably we would, trade down if the opportunity presents itself um, or probably go wide receiver simply because my feeling was offensive weapons were the best going to be the best value in terms of what was going to be available for the bills and obviously there was a, a run on wide receivers uh, you know most of the main guys that perhaps we might have uh, uh, assumed possibly would be available uh, for the bills went within a relatively short period of time. So someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba went at 20, say flowers went 22. Um, so there was that uh, Jordan, Jordan went 23. So was that, there was that run of three, you know, the, you know, or say prime, prime quality candidates went. So and then again, I was still thinking, well, maybe, maybe trade back, but I mean, I think, the, the option to go with tight end was a really interesting one because I didn't anticipate that simply because I didn't see the bills shifting their, their strategy to such an extent. But if you really look at the Dalton Kincaid pick, you know, he really is a very big wide receiver. Um, yeah. He's, he's an absolute weapon in the passing game. If I actually wrote those words in my, um, in, in my, my pre-draft notes, um, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a probably Certainly available. You could make him an argument. He was probably the second best slot in this this draft after Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. his footwork is is not of a tight end. It's, it's much of a much more nuanced, um, experienced pass catcher. And, and when you look into his his basketball background and his such good hands, I think it's a, a really interesting approach. And obviously, since. So since 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 it's happened, Brandon Bean's come out and said, "Well, maybe it's more not you know, uh, twelve personnel. Maybe it's more like you know, eleven and a half personnel because they'll use him really as a pass catcher. They'll use him as a big slot." So I was going in thinking, "Yeah, probably wide receiver," and I think we've got that wide receiver. But he's a wide receiver who can yeah. not only do that job, but maybe do a little bit extra as well. You know, he's going to be useful in terms of the blocking game when you know maybe when we're out in space and he's uh, he's blocking for those running backs. So I, I'm really happy with the pick and. Uh, you know, my mind was thinking offensive weapon, running uh, wide receiver, pr- pr- preferably, and I think that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. Like I said it in our uh, final podcast before the draft. You know, one of these, you know, don't lose your shit if this is to happen. And I could see the logic behind selecting a tight end. I said, you know, this could potentially happen depending on the football falls. You know, even Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid. Don't be surprised. It's I, I was really warming up to Don Kincaid. I said it on the last podcast, like the week before, like I knew when I'd watched his film and, you know, all the content we consume, like everyone was saying that he was going to be probably the best, you know, the second best, you know, receiving option outside of, um, you know, behind Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he went at 20. So as soon as he came off the board and just with how the board fell, like, so my ultimate, you know, top draft crush was Bijan Robinson. He went at 
eight, and then who 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 knew the the second running back would go at twelve to the mm-hmm. line? So clearly, running back wasn't going to be there at that point, and the offensive tackles like the but my second choice kind of. A dream pick would have been Dino Wright. He went at 10, and then there was a bit of a run in the teens uh, of those offensive tackles coming off the board. We talked about the run of wide, wide receiver. Um, even linebacker, you know, there were some rumours about Jack Campbell being, um, you know, us being in on him at 27. He was off the board at 18 to the Detroit Lions. So who knows who ultimately we would have wanted. But, you know, I do think that Don Kincaid was pretty high on their board and, you know, Clearly, they're prepared to, you know, go above Dallas and get this type of player. You know, who knows whether they would have really selected him, but I don't mind doing what Brandon Bean did and you know trading away that pick because I do think that those first couple of picks that that the Bills had, um, you know, I, I was really high on both of them. I really enjoyed the fact that we went for both of them, and I think they will be difference makers. I think they will both be, um, maybe not necessarily immediate impact. Who knows about Osiris Torrance, who will get come on to? You know, I don't know if he'll be starting plug and play straight away, but I think in his rookie season, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his way into that starting lineup. So, um, yeah, I just think they the first two picks, especially, I think they've done a great job, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to the prospect of As you said, like you know, him lining up as a slot, you can have him as a you know run as a fullback hiding behind the offensive lineman because he's only 6'3", 240. So he's a lighter tight end, as you said. So, you know, you could hide him behind Osiris Torrance and have him, you know, flexing out from the backfield. And, you know, so many... Uh, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how they use him and, you know, not just the 12 personnel possibilities, but having him as, as a slot. And, you know, he's got good rack as well. So he's going to improve that area of the field. And I did think as well, like in terms of his catching, he probably was the second best pass catcher uh, in the Thailand room. I don't think he was quite good and, and had quite as firm hands as Michael Mayer in the contested areas. But he, he still made some really difficult um, outside of the frame catches and as you say, we can set up basketball ability. Slam dunk pick. I'm really happy, actually, yeah. um, that we selected him. So, And that's not just our yeah. opinion. I think if you go out and look at, uh, you know, the draft panelists, everybody's pretty much unanimous, which is this is a really incredible asset for, for Josh Allen. And um, I think uh, it'll let, I guess the scepticism from all of us before the draft was, would the Bills, you know, the Bills didn't really use Dawson Knox that heavily. Um, I don't think this really changes anything. Um, yeah, as I said, Dalton Kincaid is much more of a wide receiver than he is a, a tight end. Um, he's a wide receiver that can do tight end things in my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the logic is he will be essentially the Cole Beasley replacement. He'll be there on the underneath areas. He'll he get separation. As you said, he's fantastic yards after the catch. He's got great hands. He's going to be a weapon. And um, I'm much more comfortable with this, with this bills uh, you know, passing offense with, with him in the, in the, in the, uh, in the lineup. Um, mm. you, you meant, sorry, when, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go. No, I was just going to say, like, on your hand of hearts, like, is that, is Don Kincaid, when we were sitting at 25 and we traded up, is that the guy you wanted? Or I'll, I'll just look at Nolan Smith, who went at 30, you know, he fell down a little bit. Um, I wasn't to- totally high on him, but I could understand why they might have, you know, traded, especially about above the Cowboys, you know, someone alongside, um, Mike Parsons and, uh, you know, a third piece there with uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. Is there anyone else that you were like a little bit higher on possibly getting or, you know, or was Donkey Cage a guy by that time? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a good question. I didn't believe they were going to go tight end first round. So 
he wasn't in my thinking. Um, yeah. At the point of, of the pick out, yeah, I think someone like a Nolan Smith uh, would have been appealing. There was also John Michael Schmitz was still on the, um, on the board. And I wondered whether they might want to go that way. Um, there wasn't an awful lot of weapons. I mean, in terms of positions of need, you know, there, there wasn't an awful lot left. And it sounds like if, if uh, Dalton Kincaid hadn't been there, they they would have traded down. You know, he, he it sounds like he was their last first round ranked player on the board. Um, that's not to say there weren't other first round ranked players on the board, but ones that they actually would have needed in positions of need. I think uh, he was the last one. So I didn't believe they were going to go that way. I was sort of wondering whether they would go, you know, guard. Um, but um, yeah. I'm very happy that they did. Um, it was a surprise, but a, a really nice surprise. Yeah, when you look just further down the board quickly, like. The receiving weapons that went after the Bills selected Dalton Kincaid between them and Jonathan Mingo at 39. It was just for two other tight ends, Sam Laporte and Michael Mayer. So mm. if you're going to get a receiving weapon, um, you know, there were, it was slim pickings, basically. That, you know, that's what it's indicating to me. Like the fact that it was mainly defense or, or offensive linemen, you know, it, it looked like the league was pretty much out on the other receiving weapons uh, outside of those two tight ends as well. Um, kind of uh, back end of the first round start of the second. So, um, yeah, no, I can't argue against what they've done in the first round. I think, uh, you know, they made a really good selection who I think uh, will be productive. It'll be interesting to see where it goes in the dynasty drafts because I know we've got our own one. Like, I think he should go pretty highly because I think he should, you know, if he's going to be a slot receiver, if he's going to line up there quite a lot, he should get quite a few targets. He yeah. should be a, a very meaningful player for this offense. So I, I think he, he may well be getting, you know, eight to 10 a game, you know, that's, that's pretty much what Cole Baisley was getting in his pump. Um, and yep. I think, um, you know, he's, he's going to be the second choice weapon after Stefan Dix um, and maybe in the first choice in certain places. I, I think the other thing that sort of strikes me about this pick is it makes the bills even more dangerous in the red zone. Um, especially when you add to the mix, the bills, um, uh, was it fifth, fifth round choice in, in Justin Shorter, who's a, who's a really big, he's like a, he's a, yeah. he's a, another big wide receiver, a really big wide receiver. Um, yeah. and, um, you just think, well, hang on a sec. The bills now have this option where they could, they could go with, um, Dalton Kincaid with, with Dawson Knox, we know how dangerous he is in the red zone with Justin Shorter, with, with Gabriel Davis. And that's without even mentioning Stefan Diggs. It's only like, they could go really big and that creates an awful lot of great mismatch options for them. Um, and I think that that's the thing that really appeals to me. It just gives the bills more options. I mean, if you think about it in terms of, well, what do you do? What do you, how do you match up against Dawson Knox and Dolphin Kincaid? You know, you're going to have what you, uh, you bring a cornerback on to keep up with him because he's quick. Uh, well, he's not going to be big enough and powerful enough to, uh, to deal with him in contested catches situations. Do you put your, um, your third linebacker on him? Uh, well, they'll, Kincaid's probably going to be quicker than looking that guy uh, and be able to separate. So it really does put defenses into a bind in terms of how you deal with them. And I think, especially when we get down to red zone, you know, we had a few red zone interceptions last year. Um, I think it, it really just changed, changed the math, uh, the math in, in the, in the bill's favor. Shall we move on to uh, Osiris Torrenton in the second round? So yeah. again, like when we were kind of approaching that pick, what were your thoughts like who 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 did you want? And uh, yeah, who, I, I you wanted know, him. Um, yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, cool. I did. I, I think um, he went. What was it? Fifty nine. Uh, John Michael Schmitz went fifty seven. Um, yeah, I wanted. I, I think I thought he was the best linebacker. Sorry, best interior offensive line option at that point. You know, obviously the linebacker 
options in terms of Jack Campbell, who perhaps we might have hoped to get in the second round. He was long gone uh, when went, went at 18. Uh, Drew Sanders was still available. Henry Tua was available. So I wonder whether they might go that way, but I yeah. wasn't sure. I thought that would be a reach in either of those cases if they went that early. Um, and so they went into your offensive line, and it's the first time the Bills have, have supplemented the uh, you know that that position for quite quite some some time. And I think it's a really good pick. It's a really smart pick. He's big. He's nasty. He's exactly the kind of offensive lineman I like. Um, he's going to make us stronger in the run game, which we've definitely needed. Um, yeah, he's not the most mobile guy. He's he's, he's a big dude. <laughs> so, uh, but um, yeah. I think. We, we can cope with that. I think, you know, every, everyone's has, has strengths and weaknesses. And I think this is a, a really good way of strengthening that offensive line. And then when you, if you think about the overall, um, let's say the, this depth chart now, they've strengthened this offensive line pretty considerably. Um, I mean, obviously bringing in Conor McGovern, um, he's probably going to start left guard. They've brought in David Edwards, who I think is a starting quality offensive lineman. Um, you still got mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Bates there, Osiris Torrance, like Booker's in the background. I think this is a much improved interior offensive line with Conor McGovern and Osiris Torrance in it. And I, I expect Osiris Torrance to start, maybe if not in week one, but like by week three or four, I think he'll be starting. And I think he will... Uh, Ryan Bates will become the backup to the uh, to the other positions on the offensive line, an expensive one maybe, but um, I think I think Osiris Torrance is going to start. I think he's NFL ready, honestly. I think I, I loved him during the draft during the draft uh, scouting process, and uh, I was really happy with that. And yeah, that's what I wanted. What about you? Were, were you anticipating uh, us going guard? Yeah, I think when we were both approaching it, and um, you know when we're in the forties, fifty range, and we were looking at the board, I think we were both pretty high on us. Uh, like a defensive tackle, like a Keanu Benton went at 49 to the Steelers. Uh, Gervin Dexter, who I quite liked, um, other than I don't know why he doesn't get off the ball straight away as soon as the ball snapped. But um, I quite liked his film at 53. He went so kind of at that point when they left um, the board. Osiris Torrance was my offensive, interior offensive um, lineman, number one, like McClass, mm. a really really was hard his film um you know you go back and watch him against um Jalen Carter uh yes. against the Georgia Bulldogs so he was able to handle him you know not you know it helps you being six foot five exactly and 330 pounds you know he's got some size to him and you know not only is he able to um you know give out um you know strength and you know give give out his weight, he's able to take that as well and absorb, you know, that impact as well from the um, defence. So he's got a good, really good anchor again about him. You know, again, he's not the quickest guy, but he's not going to be at six foot five, three thirty. You know, you look at his uh, relative athletic score, you know, his speed is pretty half decent, you know, for, 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 his, for his size. Um, but his explosiveness and agility isn't fantastic. But, you know, you're going to expect that at his size. And he's gonna, not going to be great, you know, in space, getting off and moving. But, you know, if we're just going to, you know, line up, you're going to, um, you know, play a shotgun, um, classic shotgun game, and you're just having to kind of contain your man, basically, then, you know, he's going to do that. And he's going to man his gap and uh, control the point of attack. You know, I, I'm really high on the science tournament. So I'm, I'm kind of glad, like, because I know that we try to do, like, more wide zone, you know, running, and they might try and incorporate that a little bit, which, you know, but for the smaller backs, like your your James Cooks, Naheem Hines, it works perfectly for those guys, you know. But, you know, this offensive line wasn't productive for that kind of scheme last year. And I know that, you know, they kind of got these athletic guys. But, you know, I feel like 
this offensive line hasn't been as good since 2019 when we had the likes of John Feliciano and Quinton Spain. Like, those guys, you know, you know, bang average, to be honest. But just the fact that they were able to, you know, keep the pocket relatively clean and they're able to create some lanes, you know, it's, it's just simple, you know, going back to power um, rushing and, you know, gap controlled uh, type of rushing attack. Uh, I, I was just happy with that type of pick. Um and I just think that, that, you know, we needed that kind of guy with that attitude as well. You know, that, yeah. you know, Mauler type of attitude. Oh, I said we were missing that. You know, we've got no one across that line. Like Dylan Dawkins occasionally pancakes the odd dude. And, you know, but Mitch Morse doesn't have that. He's a great, you know, centre, but he doesn't have that. And these other guys, Spencer Brown, you sometimes see it from Spencer Brown. Like in his rookie season, he had a really, you know, dickhead attitude. But I didn't really see it last year. So just to kind of have that kind of, you know, bring that kind of attitude back to the line. That's kind of what I want to see. So, you know, as a grand scheme, you know, of things, like you look at this draft class and it's not only the players we drafted, but Nick Broker as well, but the fact that um, the UDFAs, the Florida UDFA that they uh, brought in, you know, he had a pathetic relative athletic score, but 40, 40 games uh, started at tackle and guard positions. And, you know, uh, the draft network and NFL, they both had him with draft draftable grade so I like the fact that we brought in a lot of options here and you know those guys those UDFAs you know they're not going to be uh, necessarily shoehorned in you know they're probably going to be practice squad guys but I just like the fact that they you know intentionally attacked the offensive line and especially the guard spots we've got so many more options now than what we had um, you know prior to agency I've still got the question mark ultimately about tackle I was a bit disappointed that there wasn't a way that we, we could address tackle, but we knew before we knew going into this draft we were going to be able to address all the needs, you know. And if you know Brandon Bean is gonna, you know, go ahead with Spencer Brown again, you know, who am I to really argue that? Like, I think it might be a mistake, and but but time will tell, you know. Another year, I'm 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 willing to give them the benefit of a doubt. And as we said, you know, we weren't going to be able to address all the holes. So, you just never are going to when you've got six, seven picks going into the drafts. So, uh, no, really happy with Osiris Torrance. And, uh, no, uh, where do you think he, do you think he could like be a starter week one? Uh, it sounds like based on, you know, how he came, you know, transfer from Louisiana Lafayette, um, he came in as like a third teamer on the offensive line for Florida and worked his way at that training camp into uh, the first team. So, you know, he could easily be that type of player that, could make that, you know, uh, leap during training camp this season. It, what's your expectation for him, though? Do you think he'll be a starter straight away? Or yeah. do you think it'll be kind of further into the season? No, I think he'll start, um, as he might not start week yeah. one, but I think he'll start pretty quickly. I think he's a different different style of player. It's not just as simple as, you know, are you better or worse than, say, uh, Ryan Bates? You know, he's a much bigger dude than Ryan Bates. Yeah. Um, he's a different style of player. Yeah. I think it's obvious to me that if you look at the weapons that we've had in the running game, they want to get the running game going. They want to uh, take some of the weights off Josh Allen in the short yardage situations. You know, now we've got uh, Damien Harris and Latavius Murray. You know, these are more the sort of downhill thumper kind of dudes. And I think that he's perfect for making holes for those kind of guys. So I think he, I think he's a really good chance he'll start, honestly. And, you know, many... Draft analysts had him as a first round, um, you know, uh, talent. So I think we can be really happy with the first yeah. two round picks. These are these are game changer. These are influential players, and I think uh, it's probably as good as we could have hoped for. Um, so yeah, have to be mm. pretty happy. Honest question. Quick selected. question. Did, did, did you did yeah, you scout on. Dorian Williams? 
No, no, I no. didn't. I heard good things about him um, during the draft process. I heard that you know he was pretty good in zone. Um, I didn't know where he usually lined up, if he was a Mike linebacker or what his size was or anything like this. So when the pick was made, not knowing any of his background, I just automatically assumed that this was going to be, you know, he was a little bit bigger. He was a Mike linebacker, um, you know, good in zones. So he could come in and, you know, and he was a sideline to sideline guy. So he'd come in and, you know, Clearly not going to be, you know, at the same level of Tremaine Edmonds, but, you know, he was kind of that archetype, that same, you know, prototype that Tremaine Edmonds is, and he'd plug that hole. Um, but obviously, <laughs> looking up, reading up about him a bit more, his, the fact he's only six foot one um, and 220 pounds, uh, you know, so he's a, a very similar uh, size profile to Tyrell Bernard. The fact that Brandon Bean in his uh, post draft uh, press conference said he's going to be an outside linebacker um you know i was very disappointed to hear those words but that may be you know as you said i'm kind of glad that we've had the the, the time the week to to really think about this and think about what the plan might be um so i'll go there straight away just by saying that you know the fact that we've signed you know taylor rapp who's a, a very good third safety the fact that we've kind of got these undersized guys in um, to play alongside Matt Milano. They've said he's sticking with his uh, outside linebacker spot. You know, who knows? I think they're going to go a little bit more multiple. I don't think they're going to have a traditional Mike linebacker. And if they did, I think it would be AJ Klein. But I think that we'll see, um, you know, a little bit more difference up front, especially with Puna Ford signing, the fact that he's yeah. more of a, like, a one-tech. I think that we could see some more odd-man fronts, which would then help the linebackers. Um, you know, they don't have to, you know, deconstruct through, through the, you know, there's going to be, you know, Von Miller's going to be kind of like a wide nine, five tech at times. Yeah, I think they're just going to be a bit more multiple. I think they're going to be more multiple across a defensive line. Therefore, they might not necessarily need a traditional Mike linebacker as much on the field. So that's kind of where I am with it. Who's like, starting week more one? of his film since he's been selected. <laughs> Who's starting week one? AJ Clark. Yeah, that's what I think as well. Yeah, AJ Klein, I'd say. Yeah, that's why I think as well. There's a playbook. Um, I I haven't seen it from Terrell Bernard yet. I mean, I think the the other. What what did you think about the pick then? So you saw it happen. Did you drop? Did you watch him? No, I didn't. I didn't scout him. Um, and uh, so I had to watch tape afterwards. And look, I I like like the like the style of the player. Um, I feel similar to how I did with Terrell Bernard, which is okay. He's clearly got something there, but. He's, he's more of the same and I've decided that I'm not going to get upset about it like I did with Terrell Bernard because clearly there's a plan yeah. these guys are not idiots and like you say I think it makes it's easier to look at this within the context of them strengthening the defensive tackle position with Puna Ford you know who's that big um, out physical outlier you know he's, he's going to be he's going to stiffen up that that center of that uh, that defensive line I think that makes a lot more sense to me and I said previously if you know, we're going to go lighter at uh, at linebacker, we need to go bigger at defensive tackle, and I I really like the signing of Puna Ford. I think it's starting to become more clear to me what they're trying to do. The other thing I was thinking about is if you look at the direction of travel, especially of the um, the AFC East in Miami and the Jets, um, you know the, the, these these are passing offensive now, offenses now, and I, I wonder whether they they see the bigger issue not in stopping getting us run on, but is is making sure that we got enough people who can play well in coverage. And I think if you, if you look at it from that 
perspective, Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams make a lot more sense. You know, let's get lighter, let's get quicker at linebacker. Yes, we're going to sacrifice a little bit in terms of um, you know, defending the run, but we can compensate that, especially if we've got Daquan Jones plays as well and stays fit and we bring in Puna Ford. I think it starts to make a bit more sense. As you said, you can't be strong everywhere. Um, we are going to have to, to make compromises. And if that really now, the only compromise is 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 that one position. I think we can live with that. The rest of the secondary looks really high quality, um, especially if Micah Hyde comes back and is is, is the Micah Hyde that we, we know and love and, and Tredavious White continues his, his return from injury and, and we get Von Miller back in reasonable time. This is a mm. this is a still going to be a top defense. Um, so I, I'm... I'm absolutely giving them the benefit of the doubt on this this time round. I think we've got to wait and see, see how it plays out. Uh, but I also think AJ Klein's starting week one. <laughs> I think when he's downhill and he can kind of just attack yeah. um, attack uh, the yeah, the runner, then, he's, then he, he looks pretty good. I think my overarching issue, though, is always with, with these lighter linebackers is that they struggle to get off blocks. And so if you've got a tackle coming at you, um, making space for a running back behind them, these are these guys are just too small to really be able to uh, to to get off those those guys. So, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got to use their speed and they've got to use their wits to be able to diagnose those things and, and uh, make an impact. But I'm absolutely prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt. Wasn't thrilled with the yeah. pick, but um, you know, what other options were there? Certainly wasn't much in this draft. <laughs> that's for sure. At uh, middle linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, I could even see like a scheme where at some point we do that odd front so we have three defensive linemen. I could see yeah, yeah. um Puna Ford and um Shaq Lawson being like five techs and then uh Taquan John uh, Jones being the one tech with you know Avon Miller and Greg Rousseau outside linebackers who've got like a stout five man like front uh, developing mm. and oh, I could see like a route for that. So you know if you want to stop a run that's the way you do it. And you could get those, you know you get an AJ Klein, or sorry, Matt Milano and AJ Klein, or an AJ Klein and um, you know Dorian Williams, or you know however combination you want it. I could really see an appealing, you know, transition to that three man front. I've been wanting to do that, um, you know, be a little bit more multiple for a little while. Mm. Um, so I think it just makes sense, really. Well, one other thing I think that we should take, bear in mind is obviously Sean McDermott's going to be coaching this this defense, and you know I have great belief in Sean McDermott when it comes to coaching defense and. This will be done with with his approval and his his plan, um, and I think that we should that should put people's minds at rest. Is whatever it is that they're doing, it will be done done in a, in in a good way. And I think that you know it may take a little while to sort of settle down, but I'm I'm a great believer in Sean McDermott when it comes to coaching defense, and I think he'll make this work. Uh, whatever it whatever it looks like in the end of the day. Shall we get to uh, the final three picks? Shall we just kind of do them all in one hit? Um... Yeah, together. Well, I mean, I think them. Justin Shorts is a little different than the other two insofar as I think that Justin Shorter is, he's, he's a really big, what, six foot four, 230 pound. Um, you know, he's essentially, he's, he's, he's an outside guy. I really like Justin Shorter. I think he's, um, he's, he's a slightly different style player than what we have. He's also pretty quick, you know, in terms of, I think he was four, 455. Um, yeah, which, um, you know, given the fact he's six foot four and 200, 30 pounds is, is pretty impressive. He's, he's essentially is like a small uh, tight end. Um, I, I see it in two ways. I think he's the red zone contested catch, maybe guy, the sort of guy who you, you maybe want sort of running downfield and create a few mismatches um, gives us that outside threat that perhaps uh, wasn't elsewhere on the, 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 uh, the roster other than outside of Gabriel Davis. I also think he's a bit of a hedge against Gabriel Davis and what happens with his contract. You know, if Gabriel Davis, um, you know, 
maybe maybe performs at a sort of similar level this year as he has last year, which I think he'll probably improve a little bit, uh, just because I think there's we, we can get, create better options for him bringing in uh, Dalton Kincaid. But I think uh, there's a good chance that they decide, you know, what, I'm, we're not going to pay uh, Gabriel Davis and that Justin Shorter can do those jobs um, after a year on, under his belt. He's you know, again round five guy. I, th- I think he's an in- a really interesting option. I think the other the other two picks you know we'll come on to. But I, did, did you scout Justin Shorter? Did you have any opinions on him beforehand? No. So out of the twenty four wide receivers I scouted, he wasn't one of them. Wasn't one. Of them. So many wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. Like there was fifty at the combine, wasn't there? So, yeah. 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 No, I'd heard of him. I knew. I, I knew of him. Um, but I didn't realize like when they read out you know his profile like six four two thirty. That was what stood out to me. The two thirty. Yeah. Like I hadn't come across a wide receiver in this class. Like we all know that predominantly it was a smaller wide receiver class. I hadn't realized there was a guy that was two thirty pounds, buddy, in the wide receiver class this year, and it was the guy that we selected so just that kind of pop for me the 64230 and like obviously everyone's seen a photo since he's been drafted of you know he's that boy spends a lot of time in the weight room like he's ripped as anything and uh yeah i was quite i was pleasantly surprised watching the film like i don't know about true vertical speed i don't know if he's got that necessarily that deep threat that um uh, Gabriel Davis has but I can see you know for his size I think that he's fairly agile like how he cuts in and out of his uh, routes like how he, he how is, he's able yeah. to move out of his step you know top of his stem and stuff like I was quite surprised about that obviously you know his size is going to have a natural catch radius yeah so not only for Phil with Justin Shorter but looking at his recruiting uh, profile uh, for college so he signed with Penn State originally. It looks like he transferred to Florida, but he was the number one wide receiver in 2018 uh, in college. Uh, oh, sorry, in the recruiting class for college. Um, one player in Florida. So, I don't know. There's probably about 20, 25% of the NFL. The players will probably come from Florida. So, you know, the fact that he's number one in the state, you know, just goes to show that, you know, he had a certain ped- pedigree. Um, you know, so hopefully... We get him in the building fence outside of Anthony Richardson and Osiris Torrance. Like, they didn't really have much going for them. So, um, you know, maybe he's coming into a better situation and, you know, it'll allow him to flourish a bit. You know, I think uh, there's definitely a role for him um, being, you know, wide receiver five or six within uh, this depth chart. And, uh, yeah, you know, Maybe next year, as you said, with Gabriel Davis, uh, I'd expect him to be resigned when he leaves. You know, uh, I think he's a different type of wide receiver, but you know, he could be, you know, at least someone as part of a rotation that uh, you know takes some of his targets uh, away. And uh, yes, he's a bit more uh, of a of a field. So yeah, no, I like that pick. And then uh, the the last two, I'll talk about Nick Broker slightly. You know, um, he's played quite a lot of games. He's a four position starter. Um, and he's he's a bigger guy. Uh, he's actually got a good, a really good ten and twenty yard split, which is what you want to see in offensive linemen. You know that type of speed. Um, you know he's not necessarily explosive, but I just like the fact that again, it's depth. It's another player. You know we got him under control potentially if you know he he has a good training camp. He could be the ninth offensive lineman that stays on the main fifty three or he goes to the practice squad. Um, hopefully we've found a way of keeping him on because it feels like, who was it last year? Um, we had one of the guys that was plucked straight away uh, from the Eagles, I think. So, um, you know, I like to kind of keep our draft class uh, around if we can. 
Um, and then Alex Austin didn't know much about him at all. Um, he seemed kind of like that, you know, the typical mould of the uh, cornerbacks that we look for in the sixth, seventh round. You know, kind of high IQ, limited, athletic um, profile, but just kind of knows the position, you know, solid depth again. Who knows if he makes the 53? But uh, so overall, like, you know, I think that out of this draft class, we've got two certified starters at some point, at least in the uh, in the rookie seasons. And, you know, the, 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 the benchmark tends to be about three starters from each draft class. So if we can get Dorian Williams and he can play, you know, 40, 50 percent of snaps in his rookie season, you know, he's going to be a good special teams player as well. Um, Justin Shorter, you know, he might see a field a little bit. You know, so I feel like ultimately this draft class, you know, it's not got a load of picks, but I think it's going to improve this football team, you know, which is better than you look at some of these draft classes. You look at the 49ers, for example, and you wonder really how how is that draft class going to improve us? This draft class in my mind does. So, no, I'm being pretty mad. Pretty happy overall. Um, yeah, same. And I think we can't um, eliminate from the equations that adding Puna Ford and Tavis Murray to this uh, to this yeah. mix. Uh, I know, obviously, you mentioned earlier Taylor Rapp as an additional player. So I think there's three really solid players that we've added. Damian Harris as well in free agency. Um, yeah. Trent Sherfield, uh, Deontay Hardy. Uh, I think this is... I think we've improved. We've proved on offense. And if you look at the offensive mix, you know, we've added to the offensive weapons in Dalton Kincaid um, and the tight end options. We've added two wide receivers in Trent Sheffield and Dante Hardy that I think improved that room. And then you've also got uh, Justin Shorter, who I think just gives us a different option. So I think on offense, we have to say that, you know, both at the running back position at the offensive line and wide receiver and, t- and tight end, we've improved all those positions. So, the one yeah. area, as you mentioned, is is tackle. We can't pay everybody. And no. if uh, we knew we weren't going to be able to improve every position. So we have to compromise, and that compromise is giving Spencer Brown another year to show what he can do, then I can live with that. No doubt. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen a, a, maybe a, another um, another edge rusher, uh, but it just, just wasn't possible. Yeah. There just wasn't the talent available at the times we were picking to it would make sense. So I wasn't a player that I thought, oh yeah, we ha- we should be picking him at this position. It just the, the draft didn't fall to us that way. Um, but generally speaking, I think we've got a slight depth issue there, um, which we spoke extensively before the draft about. But um, yeah, I think this is we. I think Bills fans should be pretty happy with this uh, as as an overall uh, off season. Yeah, no, definitely. Shall we just touch on like other draft classes, like maybe in the division? Like, I don't want to go pick by pick, obviously, but maybe just a first round guy. So why I wanted to bring this up is. I wanted a, a reason to bring up the fact that Will McDonald got selected at number 15 for the New York Jets. And that uh, bet that we made, I won that by an absolute canter. So I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> well, yeah, and, I, uh, I think I think I should, you should eat some humble pie on, on, our, uh, on our bet on Will <laughs> McDonald because, um, I mean... I, I think I think I stepped in it a little bit. I, I was thinking within the context of the Bills, and that I, I was a dumb yeah. dumbass move. I didn't see him as the kind of pick that the Bills would make. You know, obviously they had him in as a workout, but I just didn't see it because it wasn't the style of player that they they had. But what I stupidly failed to consider is that he's absolutely style players that other teams might pick, and did well at far earlier than I anticipated. So yeah, you won it by landslide. I shall look forward to buying you that beer. <laughs> Good stuff. I did see Milesy Smith on the board um, when we were picking, and I did wonder. Twenty nine. Even Cowboys, Cowboys would be probably yeah. into him, and I thought, oh, what would happen? Oh, I, 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 we should have recorded each other. I'd love if I wouldn't have wanted the Milesy Smith pick 
But if he was the pick, I would have loved to have seen your reaction to that pick. Um, Again, you know, that you, would have been truly you look at him, He may be a great player for Dallas, but you're looking with the context of what your team needs. And and yeah. I, I, for me, he was not a good fit for what the Bills needed. So um, I don't wish him any luck because he's gone to the Cowboys and I can't stand them. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. maybe on an individual basis, let's see how that plays out. But I'm just happy that maybe it seems sort of almost like an open secret that the, the, uh, the Cowboys were going to take Dalton Kincaid. And if we screwed them over by taking him, you know, a couple of picks before, then I'm very happy with that. <laughs> yeah and we saw the Patriots they traded up uh, down sorry to get, and they still got Christian Gonzalez who's going to be probably a CB1 you know a proper he, you know height weight speed kind of guy he um, is and, and I think that's a really good pick for them but I, I need to yeah. make you aware that the Patriots fans are not happy with this draft class whatsoever I think they I'm see not surprised it. yeah the, the rest of it is a bit of a shambles and, yeah 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 you know they didn't you know they did nothing for wide receiver again you know He's, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, great, you know, but it feels like, it, you know, you lost uh, Jacoby Myers and he brought Juju Smith-Schuster in, like, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a slightly better player than Myers, but not, you know, not not massively, you know, it's not DeAndre Hopkins walking in the building. So, uh, yeah, ultimately, I think, you know, Gonzalez is a really good player and a really good pick for the Patriots, but, you know, how have they actually helped this offense? What have they actually done for this offense, really, this offseason? You know, yeah. Is Bill O'Brien going to be the saving grace and all of a sudden turn Mac Jones into the next Tom Brady? You know, I think he's an upgrade, but I can't really see that happening. You know, I think that they're going to be, you know, it's too early to say, you know, who knows? They could, you know, although the Cardinals are saying DeAndre Hopkins, he's, you know, a cardinal and all that and i know hopkins doesn't want to go there based on the viral video we saw where we didn't say but he did say um <laughs> he didn't want to be a patriot but you know there could still be moves made but like they've really not done anything to help that offense and you know i, I was really annoyed though to see on day two that devon a chain went to um the dolphins because that's yeah. just ridiculous uh you know he's a running back he's gonna who we're gonna see and i'm just dreading you know if we play in which we tend to see we, we seem to play the dolphins don't we like week two week three really early when it's still really hot in Florida. well it's hot all year i know but like the hottest it can be and you're gonna have to play that track team you know jalen waddle tyreek hill he most uh, and you've got him also uh, a chain in the backfield is going to be you know sideline to sideline he's going to get knackered by by the time he gets you know to half time let alone the whole game so uh, I don't want to face that you know well, it's not going to be fun I mean Miami don't have a great record I mean you know the one time they've beaten us in recent history is when we had freak weather and they made us you know stand on the wrong sideline the chances are we don't play them again in Miami you know at that time of year you know so I think uh they got they got still work to do, and they still got a quarterback that's incredibly injury prone. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that we we're right to see Miami as the the prime opposition in this in this draft. I, I didn't think the Jets did that much that was especially no. exciting. I thought Joe Tipman's a nice pick at uh, I quite liked him uh, out of Wisconsin at center. Uh, you know, obviously you mentioned Will McDonald. We'll see how he that plays out. It could be a little bit early early for him to make an impact. But I didn't think anything else they did really pulled up many trees um you know obviously picking up uh what maybe uh zach kuntz in the in the seventh round seems like a, a bit of a bargain um a bad academy as well in the fifth is a really yeah, good fit for them yeah but i mean it's nothing uh nothing too special so i mean obviously they're counting a lot on alan rogers pulling up trees and there's this sort of 
uh, sneaky suspicion this is going to blow up in their face and that what they think Aaron Rodgers is, is, is he's not quite the player that um, perhaps he once was. Um, you know, you yeah. Saw him last year uh, and uh, yeah. in London, and he, he didn't he didn't look that great. And obviously, there's an offensive line, and you know he was lacking weapons in in Green Bay. But I don't know. I, I'm not convinced this this experiment's exactly going to work out for them how they hope. Mm. Yeah, and I'm thankful that the Steelers jumped up ahead of them to uh, select Roderick Jones, who was probably the, the offensive tackle there on their radar, and they just about snuck. They said, oh, we would have taken Will McDonald anyway, but, uh, you know, who from hell freaking knows, you know, they could, that's a PR move right there. I think they would have taken him. Uh, so the fact that, you know, you look at their offensive tackles and all of those guys do have question marks, they've still got injury concerns. So it's all well and good, you know, um, trading for Aaron Rodgers and, you know, making upgrades here and there on the offense and bringing kind of Aaron Rodgers guys. But if the tackles, you know, aren't figured out for the Jets, then that's going to cause, you know, it's not like uh, <laughs> Rodgers isn't going to be the uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, being able to evade it and, you know, create a 50 yard game with his feet. No chance, you know, no, he's not, no. he's a po- strictly clearly a pocket passer in his, uh, you know, with his age as he is. So, uh, I think if you know what we get Von Miller back, fit and healthy, you know, I think there's uh, some really nice opportunities there to, uh, you know, especially problems. against the Jets to cause problems against mm. them. So, yeah, I don't think um, ultimately, just quickly, uh, just to kind of finalise uh, the, the episode, like you look at what the divisional teams have done this off season. Obviously, probably the biggest move, uh, one of the biggest moves that we have talked about is the, the Dolphins uh, with Jalen Ramsey. But I think that. You know, look at the off-seasons as a whole. I still think the, the Bills, you know, what, how many division titles have we had now? Three in a row. Um, you know, I think that we're still going to be favourites. I'm still yeah. confident that we, we can make it. But, you know, you can't deny as well that the, the division has got stronger. It's, it's tightened up. It's tightened up. But I think the Bills have improved as well. Um, yeah. I think if if we can get a fit Micah Hyde and Von Miller back um, on this defence and obviously with Sean McDermott coaching it, um I think we're deeper at safety as well. You know, we're having uh, Taylor Rapp come in. I think we're going to be stiff on the defensive line with uh, with the options like Puna Ford. I think there's an argument to say the Bills have improved quite considerably. Uh, now, there's, there's still question marks. You know, we've still got a question mark at tackle. So question mark at linebacker. Every team has question marks. But yes, the others have improved. But I think the Bills have improved just as much, if not a little bit more here and there. I think the big difference mm-hmm. is what can Rodgers do with the Jets? And and can it, can they take some games off? Off, off the Bills. I mean, obviously they, they beat the Bills in that diabolical game uh, last season. Uh, you know, without Aaron Rodgers. So um, yeah, there's, there's a chance there, but I don't know. I, th- I think I think the Bills fans can be pretty happy with what we what we've got. Mm. And I think just just finally, quickly, really quickly, um, Rogers, you know, he's got a, a big cap hit that the Jets are going to have to manage now. They've had rookie contracts, you know, obviously Sam Darnold and and Zach Wilson for a year. Um, you know, they're going to have to factor in that big, big um, cap uh, hit to them on Aaron Rodgers. And also Tua, you know, he they've um, given him his fifth year uh, option. I think he's about $20 million. But obviously moving forward, you know, with his injury concerns, are they really going to sign him up long term? And if they do, um, you know, that's automatically $40 million based on, you know, mm. where the markets are at at the moment, you know. So the fact that we're locking with Josh Allen and, you know, we've had to navigate some difficult cap um, you know, uh, cap conditions for the Bills for the last season or so. You know, these teams, you know, that are competitors that are getting stronger, they're going to have these same challenges, you know, over the next season or so, too. So, you know, uh, the, 
that that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence that you know we've been winning the division even with Josh Allen starting to get paid and, and starting to be a big cap hit, and they've still got to do that. So, um, yeah, I was just going to add that, really. That that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence moving forward. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or No, uh, I don't think we... so. Yeah, I think uh, good to have the draft done and dusted and uh, pretty much most of the offices have moved on. And, yeah, I guess we'll now count down to the schedule release and uh, especially the London date yeah. looking like it's going to be October the 8th. We'll see when that's confirmed and the sort of current feeling is going to be the Raiders. But again, we'll wait and see uh, what, what what comes forward. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've got that sort of the drier period of the of the season coming up and training camp and that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to try and fix out my schedule and hoping to be able to go and see a game or two in the, in the States this year as well as the one in London if, if, if possible. So uh, yeah, exciting yeah, times for, for us as Bills fans here in the uk at least and uh yeah we'll, we'll be back with with more off-season uh stuff to talk about uh, in due course yeah sounds great great, great stuff so uh, yeah thanks for joining us uh, if you want to get in touch with us please do so we are bills from afar at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on twitter bills from afar uh yeah i am charlie on school sport he is tim rose 90 until next time go bills go bills <laughs>